the city of the dead. And now that we've made our way through the mausoleums and catacombs, we're face to face with our first actual dragon. Now we just need to figure out how she ties into our cultist problem and our case. What does a blue dragon have to do with vampires and a plot to kill Kalimvor? So, uh, while we may be in the depths of the dungeons below the City of the Dead, I am comforted just a little to know that it's still just water deep. Okay, welcome back everyone. It's another episode of Adventure They Wrote, Cold Case. Uh, our last episode ended with the intrepid investigators coming face to face with a blue dragon in the tombs deep below the city of the dead in Waterdeep. And I think we're just going to pick it up right where we left off. Hi. Oh my. Well, thank you. And then Celine tips her hat. She goes back to regular Celine, puts it back on, and flashes into a new set of gems. Oh, I like it because you took the disguise cap off. Yep. So it went back to normal, and then when it went back on, used it again to change the gems up. And then she she just dances around so that it sparkles in the light. The, the dragon's eyes, her eyes are, you see the tendrils of the corruption kind of creeping into the whites of her eyes. She, they're sort of cloudy and they, they don't look good, but you see kind of a little glimmer sort of dance across them as your the your costume changes and you you know readorn yourself with these gems max will kind of slide forward and um and say uh hello i'm uh, i'm max um pleasure to make your acquaintance i have never seen a dragon before um this is very exciting for me um what, what is what is your name? She doesn't take her eyes off Celine. Her eyes are sort of locked on Celine, but she addresses you, Max, and she says, "I'm glad I could provide some entertainment. My name is Onathrax. Is there any visible corruption on Onathrax?" Like, other than the eyes? Like, is there lumps or anything? You don't see any lumps or anything like that, and it's a little difficult to tell because everything that you've seen the corruption in so far has been a smaller creature, like a person or even a, a woodland animal. Uh, on Ulnarthrax, uh, it's it's almost coming up, like, between her scales. It's not in the scales themselves. Um, and it's in the, the kind of... Uh, uh, like fleshy part of her eyes and stuff. Um, it's not. It's not like it's erupting from her. So my next question is: Doran has spent some time, like you said, with animals and trees and other things. And while he hasn't found a cure, has he found any methods that which halt or slow or reduce the suffering from the corruption? Knowing Doran, I think that he would have developed a method at this point to alleviate the pain of creatures that are afflicted. All right. So Dorian is just going to step forward. Just a big old grin on his face. Well, hello there, Ornithrax. I'm Dorian. Uh, I'm a druid. And uh, I noticed that you have this uh, corruption here on you. Um, I'd like to help you out. And he just walks forward, just 
speaking real fast. <laughs> so for a, a brief moment, Onothrax takes her eyes off of... They, like, flick over to Doran as he approaches, but then they go right back to Selene. And they, she doesn't, she doesn't move. She doesn't really address your approach at all. Would that be a medicine check? He's just gonna start working on her. See, if, hopefully, he doesn't get toasted. <laughs> yeah. Ledger's eyes are huge as he sees Doran just roll up to this dragon. Um. Yeah, I think a medicine check would be okay, Brad. Oh, can I roll once? Roll good once. You have bardic inspiration as well. Mm-hmm. From last time. And I'm going to need it. 16 with the inspiration. Ooh. So you you take some salves out that you've, you know, created from your, your travels in the wilderness, and you begin to sort of... It looks a little laughable because you're this tiny little gnome, and... Ornithrax is this great big dragon. And so you just start at like a leg. <laughs> <laughs> You've got like a little jar of stuff and you start smearing it on her leg. But she seems almost surprised. Like she lets out a little sigh and you feel some of the tension leave her. And some of that pain has been alleviated. All of that tension has transferred to Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dorn will just keep going, humming along. I think Celine will start to sort of, like, sashay forward so that she keeps kind of glistening as she's moving. She'll be like, tell me, Owner Thrax, uh, what brings you to Waterdeep? Celine, roll a performance check. Nine plus seven, so 16. So there are these torches in this room. Uh, and the light from these torches is reflecting off the gems on your dress, and your sachet is kind of creating these dancing lights. It's like a disco ball in this chamber. The walls are, are glimmering and flickering. In addition to those lights, which Olnorthrax seems to really appreciate, the ministrations of Doran and the fact that some of her pain seems to have left her, she is. She seems not content. There's still anguish there, but lessened. And she, uh, you can, you can tell that she's recognizing you as the source of that her alleviated pain. So she says, "I have been brought here far from my home in my last days." Ledger turns and looks at the Harpers tries to gauge what their reaction is to all this. So Mallory is staring at Doran like he has four heads. <laughs> That's a normal reaction to anything Doran does, so... Castle Haas is looking, like, appraisingly at Selene. Um, it's not every day that someone is capable of, like, having a conversation with a dragon. But he's, his eyes are also kind of flickering around the room, like he wants to make sure that no one sneaks up on you. Calibo is is just standing very kind of quietly. His arms are crossed, and he's just sort of like surveying everything stoically. He's very stoic. And then Ryan has his thumbs tucked into his suspenders, and he's just kind of rocking back on his heels, and he's got a length of straw in his mouth. 
and he's just sort of <laughs> peering around and like <laughs> grinning a little bit. You can tell there's some sort of song going in his head. I would love for Max to be so while Doran and Celine have the dragon distracted. Um, and, you know, Doran is working on her pain. Celine is tucking at her, uh, you know, desire for jewels and stuff. Um, I would love to do a quick investigation to see what we can suss out about this room and where it might lead and uh, anything along those lines. Great. Uh, so that is a 13 on the dice uh, plus 9. So 22 for investigation. Cool. Um, so you you get the impression that there is uh, frequent traffic in this room. Um, lots of footprints that approach the dragon and then, you know, go away. Most of the footprints lead through the central tunnel. Uh, if you remember in the last episode, I discussed those seven, like, ten-foot-wide tunnels that lead right. in here, or, or ten to fifteen feet. Uh, the central tunnel seems to be the busiest. Uh, there's lesser traffic through each of those other six tunnels. Um, and then that's mostly... It, it It seems like this is Olnothrax's room. Um, there's nothing really else in here uh, for you to be able to go through. Can Doran tell how far below them the cloak of the Duskman was? I'm sure the spell ran out a while ago, but... Is there? Is he able to tell? Like we've gone down this far, but that was this much further. Roll a nature check. Aha! Something he's good at. <laughs> <laughs> Three on the dice. Oh. Yeah, I knew it. I I was gonna say <laughs> under five. Brad rolls under five, guaranteed on this. Plus six is nine. You have no idea. Dang it! You have. I guess you have a nine is pretty good. You have some idea. You have a little bit of an idea, but you've been traveling for you know quite a while now underground you you are probably you recognize because the spell lasted for 10 minutes I believe you're closer to him than you are to the surface is Onithrax restrained in any way is there anything is she like either on anything or attached to anything no but you do see uh, like wounds on her uh, that look like they're the result of um, combat that could have subdued her. So Max will, after having, you're like looking at the footprints and looking at the different tunnels that lead out, uh, Max will step up and say, um, so Onathrax, um, are you, are you here under duress? Are you here on your own free will? Uh, eyes still locked on Selene. Olnorthrax says, No. They took me from my home. From my treasures. Who, who did? The people in these robes. Do you know if, um, uh, we, hmm. And so you can see Max just kind of like, thinking about how he wants to ask this question of this dragon. <laughs> um, do you want us to help you get out of here? And then he'll turn and, and give a really long look at the group of Harper NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> she says, There is no help for me. Oh, well that's, that's not great. 
um, this is going to be awkward, I'm sure, because um, uh, our druid is adept at working with the stuff that's on you. Um, are you aware of the of the stuff? Did they did they give that to you? Pointing at the corruption. This affliction came before the people and their robes. So Max will then say, so we are here. We are here to, we are trying to find out who killed a friend of ours. We believe it is the cult, the folks and the people in the robes. They are who we believe to be um, members of the cult of the eternal dawn. Um, do you know anything about what they want and what they're doing? So before she can speak and as Max is talking, first of all, Casper in Doran's head says social club as soon as Max says cult. <laughs> <laughs> but then Olnithrax says, These people in their robes, they stink of death. I've heard them in their tunnels. They mean to turn me into an abomination. Oh. And you see you see the light bulb just click on above Max's head. <laughs> <laughs> There's a clatter behind you as Calibo drops his mace and just a, a look of horror across his face. I'll turn to Calibo and the, the rest of the, the the group of Harpers and I'll, I'll try to quickly explain. Um, we discovered that this cult, this uh, social group, social club of um, the Eternal Dawn is trying to kill Kalimvor. At least that's what we have uh, sussed out so far. And if they are attempting to turn Onathrax here into an undead dragon. That's worse than what she is now by a long shot. So maybe, maybe we try to go stop them. Oh, wait. <laughs> Did we bring the soul crystal right to the Dracolich? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's empty. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> No, it's the prepared soul crystal. Yeah. It's empty because the dragon's soul isn't in it yet. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> Did? Oh. Definitely didn't yeah. put it down anywhere. It's definitely still oh. in my pocket. That's a oopsie poopsie. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I like I like to think the light bulb over Max's head shattered, and then a new light bulb flickered to life. <laughs> At this point, Celine's just going to cast Dancing Light so that there's like a bunch of lights just dancing around so that there's more glitter going on to continue distractions, I think. And to help with Max's light bulb moment. Ledger will help um, Calibo pick up the mace and say, oh, no, no, we're we're quite capable with, with abominations. Um, uh, brilliant track record, so really nothing, nothing of any concern. Uh, hold, hold tight to this. What I might do is take just a minute here to fill in some of the audience because it, it feels like the realization is there in the the detectives, and obviously the Harpers know because they're in my head. I can relate to that. 
what we're alluding <laughs> what we're alluding to here we, we uh, talked in a previous episode about liches and liches being these very dangerous undead sorcerers that uh, were you know ultra powerful basically zombies um, what Olnithrax is alluding to here is that this cult intends to turn her into a Draco Lich which is a dragon lich it is an undead dragon I mean, imagine, you know, a zombie dragon, but with all of their magic and their spells and everything, all the powers that they normally have. Their intelligence. Yeah. Their intelligence and their malice. So um, as, you know, liches are bad, uh, Draco liches are almost on another level. They might not be strictly speaking as powerful, but they can fly. They're enormous. Uh there's a lot uh, there's a lot to be afraid of there so in this realization moment max is going to like call the group together and and ask Ona, onathrax like okay give us just one just one second just one second to convene um and uh grab the group together and um say um do we want to ask her if she wants us to prevent that from happening by putting her out of her misery now before they have the ability to do that? Do we know if that would even work? I mean, if you don't ask, the answer's always no. <laughs> I'm hoping Doran isn't part of this conversation. He's, he's happily playing self. <laughs> what I mean is, if we, you know... And he does the little finger across the throat motion. What if that will just immediately... And then he nods towards the soul crystal. Right. I I feel like there has to be some sort of ceremony or some sort of spell or something like that. I mean, I'm not a magic user. And he'll look at... He'll turn. Max will turn and look at Celine. Fletch, does Celine have an understanding of how liches are created since she has necromancy in her background from Levistus? Uh, we spoke about this before, um, and you rolled a check on it. You have sort of a passing understanding of liches. You feel like Draco liches might be a slightly different situation entirely. So, no. You, you're not entirely sure, but you do know that normally regular liches can be turned into a lich after their death. They don't have to be alive to do it. Okay, I would like to pray to Levistus and ask if he can provide me with additional knowledge. Oh my! <laughs> Real glad Doran isn't part of this conversation. Yeah! <laughs> okay. You feel a compulsion. It's not strong. It's not like you have to do this. What you, it, It's almost just like a light tug. Like if a child were to tug your shirt sleeve in a direction or something like that. But it pulls you towards that middle tunnel away from Ulnathrax. Celine is going to turn to Max and Ledger since Doran is still working away on the dragon and go, I'm going to be right back. And she takes off her hat and puts it back on so she's no longer glowing, turns off her dancing lights, and goes towards that tunnel to investigate it. Oh, yes, sir. Naturally, she'll be right back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Naturally. So you, you find more of what Max found. You see that the tunnel sort of 
drops steeply into the earth uh, beyond the entrance, um, but you don't see or hear anything emanating up from it. So, okay, so as Doran has been applying his medicine to the dragon, he has been trying to collect samples of what he hopes or assumes is advanced corruption. Because I'm, I'm guessing, or Doran is guessing, that all of the other animals and people and trees that he's treated aren't as durable as a dragon and probably haven't had the corruption as long as the dragon has. That's super insightful. Uh, Doran can go ahead and have inspiration. He was going to try to, to do a quick experiment on the samples with holy water to see if it affects the corruption. Ooh, okay. Explain to me how you want to do this. Do you want to like drop some of the corruption into one of your vials, or do you want to like pour some of the holy water onto the the corruption on the ground? Yeah, he's got like scrapings from the scales. He's going to make a little pile of some of the scrapings, not all of them, and, and drip holy water on it and see if it sizzles or does anything. Yeah, so nothing happens, and you hear from kind of over your shoulder, uh, and as you turn around, you realize that Olnithrex has, like, curled her head around to see what you're doing, and you're sort of, like, within the... Like, you know how, like, a, a dog or a cat will lay down and kind of curl up around? He's inside the dragon curl? Basically, yeah, you're, like, inside the dragon curl now. <laughs> uh, and she's looking down at what you're doing, and she says to you, Oh, no, small one. That won't work. This is not from these realms. Uh, what? <laughs> Well, where's it from, then? Uh, she does a shrug, which is impressive, because you've never seen a dragon shrug before. And she says, I do not know. It is from beyond. Well, Doran will stand up, point his finger right into her, not into her, but at her big dragon nose. And I'll say, well, I'm determined to cure this thing. So if I get there before you're done, I'm going to cure you, too. That glimmer that you saw before hits her eyes again, and she smiles. Uh, so, Doran, make a quick constitution save. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> 13. Yeah, you're fine. It's not like a malicious smile. It's just a very toothy one, because dragon. The teeth are like the size of you. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're bigger. <laughs> yeah, they probably are, because you're not. I think they might be, yeah. And she says... I believe you just may, small one. Is it going to take, like, an absurdly long time to treat this dragon with salves, or...? You will You will run out of salve long before you have finished treating the dragon. I, I guess Doran will catch up, then, as soon as he feels the dragon is somewhat alleviated. Yeah, I think you definitely helped. She lays her head back down, and you see her sleep. She goes to sleep and seems more at peace. Oh. Celine will go back to Max and Ledger since Doran is talking to the dragon and say, there's definitely something in that tunnel. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to kill the dragon. I want to protect her. Yeah, I feel like that's the uh, the running sentiment here. So you're heading down the, that central, the central tunnel? Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's the next uh, logical step in our investigation. 
the one Lavistus led you to. What could go wrong? So you head into this tunnel, uh, and like I said before, it's it's sort of a steep, it's a steeper descent, but then it levels off again uh, after you know thirty or forty feet, um, and you can see light coming from the exit ahead of you. As soon as they get around the corner. Dorn will just lean against the side of the tunnel, just sweat pouring down his face. He's like, ah, that was a dragon! <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean you can turn into a, a dragon now? That was terrifying! Think, think of the upside. Yeah, Doran's not to that level yet. She liked you, though. He tries to compose himself. Yeah, I know, but... Whew, she gonna eat me! <laughs> Little door and meat pie. I love it. That's so good. (laughs) He was just trying to keep as cool as possible with the dragon, but just internally terrified. How does Casper feel about what's going on right now? Uh, He was mostly just in awe of the dragon when you were around it. And now that you're heading deeper in, Doran has this corner of his mind that's sort of been almost overwhelmed by trepidation. Like, all of the worst things that Casper was aware of that this social club was doing, he's kind of coming face-to-face with them in a way that he never expected to. Told you I was going to make him a good guy. Interesting. (laughs) Is that what's happening, really, though? (laughs) That's the way Doran's going to spin it either way. Yep, (laughs) that's definitely true. You're not wrong. So none of the Harpers stayed back with uh, Onothrax? Nope, they all came in with you. So now you're at the bottom of this tunnel. There's this opening that kind of leads out. And you can you can hear sort of chattering voices and um, some sort of activity happening through this opening. This is going to be maybe an odd question because Celine doesn't have any fancy skills in this. But what does it smell like? Interesting. Yeah, all of you, all of you can smell it. It's there's something... You're, what you smell is like I'm gonna I'm gonna frame it in a way that we'll understand and I imagine you just have to infer the Faerunian parallel so it's like if someone took industrial strength cleaner to a incense store <laughs> okay whoa <laughs> very chemical so there's this half of it that's very chemical and very like stringent and then there's this other half of it that's very spicy and kind of smoky and earthy great sounds good to me uh do we see anything as we get down there uh i would like to be investigating as we go are you gonna are are you gonna like peer over the edge or are you talking about just more the immediate opening area? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll peer over the edge. Max will will take a take a gander. He's small. So I'll give you kind of the whole picture, okay? So you poke your head out and what you found yourself on is something of a balcony with another stairway that leads down into another chamber. And you can see around on the walls more balconies that do the same. And the entrances to those balconies uh, are identical to the ones or the one that you've come through. And you can see that it's there are are six more balconies along the wall uh, of varying heights. The chamber below you is even bigger than the one that holds Ulnithrax. And uh, 
has sort of been filled with people in dark robes busily going about their work. On one half of the room, it's sort of a larger scale operation of what you found in the basement of the Red Gauntlet Tavern. Uh, Right. Chemical labs and, you know, uh, uh, beakers and all kinds of things going and they're measuring things and, and doing all sorts of like alchemical experiments on that side. And then on the other half of the room is like arcane symbolism, candles, uh, you know, I mean, imagine, you know, what you would expect that sort of ritual type thing to look like. Um, and it's that to a, you know, really crazy degree. And then in the middle is an altar Uh, an enormous altar, one might say a dragon-sized altar with chains around it and lots of kind of ceremonial-looking weapons, knives and and daggers and that sort of thing. And then it is all under the uh, watchful gaze of a giant statue, 50 feet tall, of Kelimvor that has been defaced. Literally, the face of the statue has been cut off. Is the tunnel we're in wide enough to fit a dragon? No, but you can see below at the base another tunnel that is. Can I cast Sea Invisibility? Yes, you can. You speak and I hear violins It's magic So you don't see what you do see some things that are on the ethereal plane. First and foremost, you can see Casper. <laughs> can he can he see that like I'm aware of him now? No, he he can't he can't tell. No, that'd be that'd be pretty good though. You can also see ethereal disturbance around that statue of Kalimvor. Is that a stone statue? You son of a bitch. (laughs) Yes, it is a stone statue of Kalimvor. No reason, just asking. (laughs) Idle curiosity. What's the quantity of people that we're working with? Max, roll a perception check for me. You got it. That is a uh, 17. 10 on the dice. You think that there are up to three dozen people down there. A dozen cultists working on the laboratory side, a dozen on the ritual side, and then around a dozen more just kind of milling about. Max will turn and look at Doran and say... Not wild? (laughs) Dorn thinks about it for a second. Eh, We could. (laughs) Ledger instinctively rubs his scarred, burned shoulder (laughs) at the mention of Hogwild. Mallory looks back between Doran and uh, Max, and she just says, Hogwild? Yeah, he turns into a giant boar, and I ride him, and it's awesome. (laughs) Such a good explanation. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. If we wanted to be cheesy, 
we could cause a distraction at the tunnel entrance, and Doran could sneak by as like a mouse and uh, stone shape the statue so it falls over. I mean, <clears throat> that's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if they need that statue. Uh, just so that I'm clear, uh, Celine is seeing ethereal disturbance around the statue, around the base of the statue, throughout the entire statue itself. Celine, what you saw when you looked at Doran and you saw Casper inside Doran's head, you see something very similar going on with the uh, statue. It's different, but it's similar. Similar, but different. Different, but the same. <laughs> I guess my next question is, when you were talking about Shatter, what kind of range does Shatter have? That is a good question. I believe it's 30. Max's thought. If you were to cast Shatter, you can cast it from 60 feet away. You could cast Shatter on the lab side, effectively destroying it. Not necessarily killing all the people that are there, but you would destroy whatever lab stuff is there. We spray chemicals all over those guys, too. Yeah, because if we, if we launched a simultaneous thing where Celine casts Shatter on the lab side and... Doran cast stone shape on the statue itself and just maybe split it or something. Um, our only concern then would be the arcane side. Because I feel like if we if we are able to disrupt all three parts of this, we can stop them in their tracks. Mm-hmm. I kind of had this idea that I could empty my bag of tricks, all of them. Oh my god. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh no. I can make three of them, and I have three bags of tricks. So I can make nine random animals and just be one of them and just be lying in front of the statue. Oh my god, that would be awesome. And then we could just have, have the Harpers play prevent defense, right? Have, have them make sure that nobody can leave. Have each of the Harpers go to an exit and stand and make sure that nobody gets past. Yeah, Ledger could go into the arcane side. Would you, like, dump them out all right here in the in the little hallway and then just run from the hallway into the pit? <laughs> I guess it's kind of to Fletch, because normally you have to use an action to throw one of the little fuzzies that turns into a random animal. But what if everybody reached in and grabbed one and threw it? Yeah, I, would, I think I would allow something like that. Everyone reaching in at the same time and grabbing one. We have eight people, right? So that would be all but one charge. I could just hold the bags out, everyone could grab one, throw it, say rush the statue, and then we could have chaos ensue. Menagerie of mayhem. Do we have eyes on the Dusk Man? Do we see the Dusk Man? Did I see the Dusk Man as I peered over into the pit? You did not. Okay. I have a feeling the Dusk Man will come to us. Yeah, so Castle Haas says he's he's looking at his harpers, and he says, Okay. So from the beginning, what's the plan? We each reach in to Doran's bag of tricks. We each pull out a little fuzzy. We toss them. They become little animals. Doran rushes in with the fuzzies that we have conjured, preparing to cast stone shape on the statue. Celine rushes in to the left, cast shatter on the laboratory, destroying anything that they're trying to do there. The rest of us 
make sure that nobody leaves. Harpers, I feel like you guys would be great at guarding exits and making sure that nobody gets out. Ledger and I will head over to the arcane side and wreck shop. Uh, Doran, why don't you use this time to roll up what all eight fuzzies are going to be? I'll, I'll roll for the one that Max pulls. Oh, and what color What color bag? Oh, I have a gray, a rust, and a tan. I have three bags of tricks. Max would like to reach into the gray bag. <laughs> Max rolled a seven. <laughs> That's a dire wolf. <laughs> what? <laughs> how, how it works is... It's friendly to you and your companions. It acts on your turn. You can use a bonus action to command how the creature moves and action and what action it takes on its next turn, or give it general orders, such as to attack your enemies. Oh, this is going to be amazing. All right, so I have a dire wolf. Or you can ride it. <laughs> oh my god, I'm absolutely riding this dire wolf into battle. <laughs> okay, I will take from the rust, and I got a two. You got an owl. Oh, I like owls. Ooh, ooh. I have an owl tattoo. Mallory is going to pull from the tan bag. Okay. And she rolled an eight. A tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Castle Haas. Let's see. Gray, rust, and tan. You're, we're one each so far, so going gray again would be helpful. Okay, so gray. Castle Haas also got an eight. A giant elk. <laughs> A super rare creature. Yeah. We're just loading this tunnel up. This episode needs to be Unleash the Menagerie of Mayhem. <laughs> the Menagerie of Mayhem. Calibo, Calibo pulled from the rust bag and he got a two. That's an owl. Uh, Tally got an eight. I clicked the wrong bag. Ryan goes back to the gray bag and he rolled a five. That's a panther. <laughs> and the gray bag is out of charges. Ledger, roll a d8 and pick rust or tan. Rust? Three. You got a Mastiff. All right, Doran will go last. He'll go from the tan bag. And he rolled a one for a Jackal. Oh my god, amazing. And you said mine was an ape? An ape. So we've got a dire wolf, an owl, a tiger, a panther, an ape, a giant elk, a jackal, and one other thing. What am I missing? Mastiff. Mastiff. Now that we have pulled all these animals, Max is going to do a quick peek to make sure that uh, the coast is still uh, relatively clear, that these people are still busy with their work and not uh, looking up at the cacophony of animal sounds that are coming from the tunnel. <laughs> so you kind of peek down there and you can see you can see one guy over by the, the chemical station and he's kind of stopped and he's got his head cocked up. And he, you can see him, like, ask the guy next to him, like, hey, do you, do you hear a giant elk? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that's what giant elk sound like. I think that's probably pretty close. Uh, and the guy next to him is just like, shut up, Kyle. How far down is it from where we are? So from where you are, from the exit of the tunnel where you are, it would be maybe a 15 to 20 foot drop and then another 20 or 30 feet towards the, the actual station. But there is a balcony above the arcane area that's much closer and closer to the ground. So Ledger sees this going on, and he, he turns to Max. He's like, I, I need you to do something really quick. And he, he kneels down, and he's like, Max, this will be hard for you, I'm sure, but... I need you to hit me in the face as hard as you can. 
Celine is going to start walking to the left and she's going to look back at everyone and say, ladies first, tip her hat, turn back into jewels and step into the light and cast shatter. Look at you. You're in tatters. You're shattered. Uh, to be continued? <laughs> Tell me, Onerthrax. Nope, that's not how you say her name. Onerthrax? Tell me if that's right. It's sort of the fun. It's part of the fun. Nope. Yep. Because uh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's definitely like four consonants in a row. Uh, so just go for it. You're such a jerk. I have Onerthrax written down. Okay. Like it would start with O-H- but I spelled it phonetically like O W N, like owner oh, thrax. Okay. Boner thrax. <laughs> I thought it was more of ona with an A-H sound. Ona thrax. Yeah, that's how I, I have it written down. O-N-A-H-T-H-R-A-X. No one knows now. It's all Fletch's fault. Yeah, when we're all done, oh. I'll tell you guys how I spelled it. There's there's a division in the group. <laughs> 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 all right. I'm going to start over, though. Is there, a, is there a silent S? Or no, it's a silent H. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a silent S. The B is Over silent. The Rex. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that would be the shirt for this season. If we were doing shirts for the, like, it would be a dragon, and she's got a meat pie in her hand. And she's like winking at you, and like Doran <laughs> is sticking out the bottom it's of the meat pie, and he's like giving a thumbs up. 